Yo, 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 it's the Friday episode. We got some great stuff for you today. Uh, stimulus checks? Probably not gonna happen. Young people are spreading the Rona, but I have a little bit of good news for you later. And Fortnite is now banned from Google and Apple App Stores. We're gonna get into all this today. This is DRH. DRH. I'm Bonjan. I'm your friend. It's free-flowing end-up conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. Uh, like I said, I'm Bonjan here again solo today because my pal caller John David Ricker could not join us for today's episode. So I'm going to do another uh, another solo show. Um, I hope everybody's having a great morning. It's Friday. It's August 14th, 2020. Um, we're just chilling. We're kicking back. We're coming to you almost live from Los Angeles, California. We have a great show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, stick around for dark racial DMs at the end of the show. Unless I forget to do it, then it's not going to happen. But yeah, uh, it's great to be back. It's great to be back in the studio. I didn't think I'd be doing two of these solo shows, but I guess it's good practice for when I get my own show, you know. Um, but yeah, you know. Just chilling. Got my got my morning uh, my morning routine in. Cleaned the kitchen a little bit. Made the bed. Got to made the bed. Hopped in the shower. I actually woke up today at like. Well, I went to bed early. I went to bed like five five in the afternoon. Then I woke up at nine, and then I go back to bed again until like three, and then I woke up at like five, and then I went to bed again until eight, and now it's almost ten thirty, and I'm doing the podcast. So. Hopefully I'll be able to stretch this one out to an hour. Um, it's kind of hard to do an hour show by yourself because I don't have a lot to talk about. But, you know, I had to get the episode out. Um, just a reminder, these episodes are also available in video form on YouTube. If you're uh, one of our YouTube subscribers, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, it's Friday. It's a beautiful day in LA. Actually, eh, it's, a, it's an okay day. It's kind of overcast it kind of looks like there's a fire going on downtown like it really it's just kind of like smoggy and gray but then on the other side of my apartment it's nice and blue so i don't really know what's going on there but yeah after i get some work done after i get the podcast up after i get the videos finished i'm thinking about going to the beach um 
you know, I've been spending a lot of time with myself lately. I've really been enjoying it. You know, it's just the perks of living alone. You don't have to deal with bullshit. Holy shit, I'm so glad. I was thinking today, oh, God. 80% of my stress last year was just from some of my roommates not paying rent. And it's so nice to be able to live in a place where you don't have to worry about that shit. Like, granted, my rent is a lot more than it was last year. But the, just the peace of mind and the fact that my place is always clean is so fucking worth it. It's like not even... I don't know. I can't even put a dollar amount on it. I'm very I'm very happy with my current situation. I don't have to answer to anyone but myself. It is a little lonely, but I mean, that's what we got the pod- podcast for. That's what I got you guys for. This fan engagement, you know what I'm saying? Um, I wish I had some fan engagement. God damn, you guys don't leave us any fucking comments. You know? A lot of these dark racial DMs, spoiler alert, have been fake because, like, we have no, like, fan engagement. You guys are just shy for some reason. And you're probably saying, oh, it's because you guys don't have that many followers. We have enough followers. You guys are just fucking. We talk to enough people per episode, like, that's equivalent to, like, a college lecture, right? Like, maybe a small TED Talk each episode. So, yeah, I was surprised. The last episode got a lot of views. I mean, a lot of plays, like, pretty quickly. Um, And it was put up kind of late in the day, so... That was a a little weird. And Wednesday episodes are usually not the best performers. It's usually Monday. Fridays are actually, honestly, the worst. But, you know, you got to get the Friday episode up. Uh, So, yeah, what was I saying? Um, Just been doing my thing. Just been working on myself, working on my routine, um, getting the push-ups in every day. I was kind of slacking yesterday. I only got 100 in. I usually get 350 in. Didn't do the run yesterday. I don't know. I was pretty tired. I kind of stayed home all day. I was just working on some stuff. But, yeah. I also got to look for a new job. Um, My part-time job just ended, so now I'm just on the unemployment. So, I need... uh, Looking for some full-time work. Any podcast companies out there need a producer, need a sound tech, I'm your guy. Um, What else is going on in my life before we jump into the news? Uh, nothing really going on, you know, just trying to keep it cool, keep it chill. Gonna take a nice, um, marijuana break. I think I, I think, I think, I think it's time for that. I think it's time for a nice little pause on that lifestyle. Really gotta, really gotta focus up on getting some of these projects out. I, I'm working on a couple things right now, but I do this thing where when I tell people about it, I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. Um. You'll find out soon soon enough. Because I feel like a lot of people like do shit just to show people that they're doing it and then they don't finish it. Yeah, my thing is like if you know I'm doing it, I'm kind of like, uh, it's going to be like less. I don't know. 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 Damn, this sure has some 7B. sure sounds crispy today, yeah? Whew, okay. All right, that's enough bullshitting, you know? It's the Friday episode. We're chilling back. We're relaxing. Um, let's just jump into this young news, okay? Got a lot to talk about today, I think. I think. We'll see. Alright. Of course we got to get through the coronavirus news, because there's not a lot more to talk about, because, you know, we're in the middle of a fucking thing. But, 
top end see see what we can do with this and see what's going on okay first story um finally a little bit of good news this is from oh man it's so hard to burp excuse me this is from yesterday from our friends over at the la times california on the cusp of reigning in COVID 19 surge data show now before we jump into this covid news i want to make i want to go on a little bit of a rant here in this um article i'm going to go through the title again california on the cusp of reigning in covid 19 surge data shows i want to reiterate how important it is to tell people that this is what the data is showing right and as of right now the only thing we can really trust is the data right you know a lot of a lot of um these news outlets are publishing these one-off stories on i guess the term is anecdotal stories on people with coronavirus symptoms like they'll publish a story of one person that gets symptoms that no one ever heard hears of but they're the only person that gets those symptoms that's not really helpful for everybody as a whole that just makes people scared if they think oh if i get coronavirus i might go blind so stories like this where it says it's about data it's about the pandemic as a whole it's about like findings and research that scientists do this is stories like this are more helpful so i like to i like to focus on these stories so let's go ahead and hop into this california on the cusp of rainy and covid 19 surge data shows um so statewide in California, the transmission of COVID-19 has stabilized or is falling, and hospitalization rates are also dropping. A little bit of good news. Six weeks after California began reclosing swaths of the economy, there is cautious optimism that coronavirus transmission is heading downward, officials say. If it stays that way, the state may be on the cusp of curbing its second surge of the pandemic. The potential crest comes after Governor Gavin Newsom's speedy economic reopening in May and early June led to a near doubling of the weekly death toll over the spring tally. California's cumulative pandemic death toll is about 11,000, one of the worst disasters in the state's modern history. But there are now several signs that Newsom's second shutdown, which began in late June and brought in early July, is finally having an intended effect. It can take three to five weeks to start seeing the health effects of stay-at-home orders, and six weeks have passed since much of the state has required to close bars and indoor dining rooms or restaurants, an order that was expanded to the rest of the state a month ago. While our gains might feel slow and our future remains fragile, our success over the last three weeks is real, uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti said Wednesday. We began to see signs of light. The mayor also announced that a coalition of scientific experts, bioscience firms, government leaders, and foundations is researching at-home coronavirus testing in a bid to accelerate the science so that outbreaks can be identified more quickly. In Los Angeles County, the effective transmission rate of the coronavirus is now about 0.86, meaning that every one infected Every one infected person passes the virus to an average of 0.86 other people. Last week, the rate was 0.91. That's good news. This is what progress looks like, said Dr. Roger Lewis, who was heading L.A. County's pandemic predictive modeling team. Uh, Dr. Grant Colfax, San Francisco's health director, said the transmission rate there was between 0.95 and 0.98 for the previous few days. And statewide, an ensemble computer model known as the California COVID-19 Assessment Tool estimates California's overall transmission rate is about 0.96. To be sure, not all counties are doing well. 
A state model estimates that Alameda, Sonoma, Placer, and Inyo counties are seeing an increasing spread of the disease, but hospitalizations are also falling in many regions of California. Statewide, the average number of people who were hospitalized seemed to peak in late July when an average of nearly 7,000 people were in hospitals with confirmed coronavirus infections over a seven-day period. By Wednesday, that number had fallen to 5,710. Deaths, however, have accelerated in recent weeks. In fact, more than 62% of California's coronavirus deaths have occurred since Memorial Day. For the seven-day period that ended Monday, 969 deaths were reported across California, the largest weekly death toll since the pandemic began. It is possible that the number of new COVID-19 deaths may have peaked, but it's probably too early to know for sure. By Wednesday, the seven-day average of daily deaths was 134, an improvement from the previous weeks when the seven-day average was 144. So, lots going on right now. A little bit of good news. A little bit of good news, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves. You see, what happened with the last um, reopening is I believe we did it a little too early. And because of that, we saw that peak. Um, so, since everybody's had a stay-at-home summer, um, can you believe this has been going on since June? I was looking at some text messages from March. I'm sorry, since March? Like, I was looking at some text messages from Mark, and I was texting people, like, yo, I can't wait to go to the bar with you. And then two days later, I'm fucking texting about how I lost my job. I'm sorry, jobs. I lost two jobs, by the way, because of this. Um, so, yeah, so this, um, some good news from yesterday, a little bit of good news. Love to keep you guys informed. Um, but I also want to step into this um, other article which was published today, actually, also from the LA Times, if I can find it real quick. Notes, 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 notes. So actually, this wasn't published today. Actually, Nickelodeon. All right. Bear with me, guys. I'm going to go ahead and find this. So, basically, I'm looking for an article that was also from the New York Times. It's basically explaining how young people are... Oh, my God. Um, sorry. Siri was just listening to me talk about all that. So, LA Times. Um, yo, I can't effing find it, dude. All right, so I'm going to read this other one instead. This is from Bloomberg. Uh, and this was written two days ago. It's a little bit old. But I believe it's still relevant since I can't find this bullshit-ass article. This is why I need a fucking producer. I can't be fucking talking and organizing like bullshit. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Why young adults are driving the new coronavirus spike? I believe we've talked about this before. Wider testing explains the spike in reported cases among millennials and Generation Z, but so does social distancing fatigue. In parts of Europe, new coronavirus cases have been creeping up again. While this is by no means the second wave, the case numbers are still lower than they were before. An interesting demographic pattern has started to emerge. Whereas elderly populations had the greatest share of new cases early in the crisis, younger age groups are now taking the lead. People aged between 20 and 39 account for about 35 to 40 percent of new cases in England, Shout out Hull, Belgium, and the Netherlands. In Spain, 15 to 29-year-olds account for more than a fifth of new cases. The charts below illustrate the shift using the data. That, oh, my God. I love I love data. Data that bars and pubs reopen in each country. 
yeah so I'm just looking at um, some charts here these are based on England Belgium and the Netherlands so I'm gonna focus on this England chart here um, confirm cases uh, yeah seems to be almost double more than double young people under 20 are almost double the cases it looks like in England I don't like reading data on here I really need like to figure out screen capture so you guys can see what I'm dealing with on the video but yeah what's happening is basically saying that young people are experiencing social distancing fatigue because you know young people got to socialize they're going out they're spreading it to their friends I'm not sure what the transmission rate is in these countries hopefully it's low like um, LA but on average if each person is giving it to one other person who knows how fast that could spread oh man I want to take a minute while I finish up this trimester talk about how it annoys me that there's there's a, some people there's a good amount of people out there that are more or less my age who are afraid of getting tested for some reason and I guess that's okay but like don't be like hitting me up or other people to hang out if you don't want to do your part and not spreading the virus you know um because people will be like, oh, I'll wear a mask. But then once you get to your boy's house, the mask fucking comes off. And you're just spreading germs and shit, you know? And you know you do that. I also don't like people that are so arrogant where they say, oh, I'm not going to get it. Like they fucking control the oxygen that flows into their lungs. It's it's pretty dumb. And those are people I tend to avoid. Those are people... I'm going to give you an example. I had a friend come over. And this was like... This was bad on my part. Anyway, we were smoking, fucking sharing a joint or whatever. And I was like, all right, what are the chances I get it from this guy? He hits me with the, oh, I live with 30 people. And also, I don't think I'm going to get it. So, bam, two red flags right there. I get tested the next day. Because people like that, that think they're inv invincible to a virus that we just found out about as a human race. That is the fucking, the hubris is so fucking ridiculous I can't believe it so those are people you definitely want to avoid people that think they're above this whole thing because if you have that thought process in life you're probably going out and hanging out with people thinking you're invincible and since the majority of these cases are asymptomatic that person's going to come back to you and give it to you so I would highly suggest hanging out with people that are smart hanging out with people that get tested frequently and hanging out just don't hang out with dumbasses, you know? Yeah, I've been getting tested like a shit ton. I figured out a hack. If you live in LA, go to Dodger Stadium. Make your appointment for 10 o'clock in the morning and go at like 9.30. You'll be in and out of there in like 15 minutes. And they usually give you your test results the next day. So that's what I've been doing. Um, still negative, thankfully. I go about every, every, every week and a half, every two weeks, you know, just to stay stay calm just to keep my head on because you know i'd be i'd be fucking uh uh psyching myself out and also sometimes i slip up and i hang out with idiots that think that they're never gonna get it so see so every time i do that I, I make sure to get tested so that i know 
that for sure. I am good to go, 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 go. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Alright guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to end this trimester right here. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be right back after the commercial break with more of this Friday news that you love. Take care, we'll be right back in a minute. This is DRH, I'm Bonjen. Yo, 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 welcome back to DRH, free-flowing, in-depth conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time. My name is Bonjan, I'm your friend, here solo again today, because our good pal, Caller John David Ricker, is on vacation or something, and you know, if you know me, we can't, I can't leave you guys hanging, so I gotta get this pod up, even if it's the solo dolo show, um, but I really think I'm in, I really think I'm improving my speaking skills and improving my podcasting skills by doing it alone. It really forces you to like, you know, just talk, 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 talk. So, uh, we have a couple more stories. I don't know if this is going to be the full hour today cause I don't have that much to talk about. So I might just cut it at two, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging for the weekend. I knew you guys, uh, you're out driving to the beach. You gotta listen to that DRH. So, uh, yeah, let's just fucking chill we're hanging out we're having a party we're gonna jump into these next couple stories and then i'll let you guys go and enjoy your weekend bam baby Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. okay it's a party it's a party it's a party where is my notes application all right we have a little bit more coronavirus news because you know why the hell not Stimulus checks. Dun, 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 dun. So the past couple episodes we've been talking about how Trump was going to give $400 a week, excuse me, in unemployment, but he was doing so using executive order. Uh, oh my God, this fucking cold brew. Jesus. Executive order, which may or may not be legal. Um, apparently they're looking into it. Uh, because, and the reason he's doing this is because Democrats and Republicans cannot come to a decision on the new round of stimulus checks. Republicans are saying that what Democrats are proposing is too expensive, and Democrats are saying that what Republicans are um, proposing is not enough. I believe that Democrats want to spend about $3.1 billion. Um, Republicans want to spend about $1 billion. And they, for some reason, they just can't meet in the middle at two because um, the Republicans are not happy about everything else that Democrats are trying to throw into the deal. Apparently, they're trying to throw in money for uh, um, election things and uh, money for the post office for uh, at-home voting. 
Um, now that's all well and good. My question is why they both need to be in the stimulus package. Why can't the stimulus package just be payments to individuals and loans for small business? I think the the post office thing and the election thing should be something totally separate. But uh, we're going to hop into this article. Um, this is from our friends over at the Washington Post. This is called Coronavirus Relief Talks Quickly Derail Again. Trump asserts a deal is not going to happen. <sighs> Doing a podcast is like a lot. Sometimes you just don't want to talk about what's going on in the world, but, you know, it's my job, so. All right, let's hop into this. A new attempt to restart economic relief negotiations between the White House and Democrats ended just minutes after it began on Wednesday, with President Trump appearing to cast doubt on the whole process by announcing a deal is not going to happen. Just a few days earlier, he had suggested that he was open to a new round of talks and declaring the whole process over. Trump had used a news conference to criticize Democrats' proposals for funding election preparations and the Postal Service as part of a broader spending measure. Those were among multiple issues that divided the parties during two weeks of negotiations that initially collapsed Friday before a failed attempt to revive them Wednesday. Um, the bill's not going to happen because they don't even want to talk about it because we can't give them we can't give them the kind of ridiculous thing that they want that has nothing to do with the China virus, Trump said at the White House during an evening news briefing, using the term criticizes racially insensitive. Uh, his comments came hours after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Stephen Munchkin spoke for the first time since the talks fell apart last week. But the conversation did not break the impasse, instead leading to another amount of finger-pointing. Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer um, issued a statement after Pelosi's conversation with Munchkin, accusing the administration of refusing to budge. That was followed by a statement from Munchkin accusing Pelosi of mischaracterizing their, co- uh, their conversation and proclaiming the Democrats have no interest in negotiating. At the center of the relief negotiations was an effort to renew key parts of the $2 trillion CARES Act, which Congress, pa- Congress passed in March. The law af- offered enhanced unemployment benefits to 30 million Americans, extended eviction protections, and included other provisions meant to soften the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic. The jobless aid and eviction protections expired at the end of July. Yeah, they did. During his news conference, Trump touted executive actions he took over the weekend, which had claimed, which he claimed would limit evictions, extend a new form of jobless aid, and defer payroll taxes, among other things. Because these measures were done by executive order and without the approval of Congress, it's unclear how they will work. In fact, Trump overstated how much his actions are expected to achieve, claiming, for example, that his executive action on unemployment will provide an additional $400 per week to individuals and enhanced benefits. The proposal would provide only an extra $300 weekly in federal benefits while calling on states to chip in another $100 or counting money states already are spending to get to $400. The provision, that's another um, hot topic. If states should throw in 25% of the stimulus package for people. Um, The provision on unemployment insurance is intended to partially replace the $600 weekly federal benefit that was approved by Congress in March. The new money would come from um, funds maintained by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, but could run out within weeks. Trump also repeated his claim that deferring payroll taxes would be a great benefit for Americans and that he would make the cut permanent if reelected. He insisted uh, this would not 
damage the social security system even though the payroll taxes go to pay for medicare and social security funds um if i read this same article on wednesday i fucking apologize because this is like i feel like i'm repeating myself but i fucking hope i didn't but yeah you know um what's going on guys what's going on so uh let's break this down um I want to preface what I'm about to say, but I don't really, I I don't want to sound like I'm defending Trump, but this seems to be another example of Trump doing something and people being against, against it just because it's Trump, right? Because when the last stimulus talks were going on, I heard people saying, why doesn't the Trump administration want to give people money? Like, do they not care about people's well-being? Which is a, a, a pretty big characterization of Republicans by Democrats, that Republicans don't care about people generally, which is just not fucking true. But that's like the narrative that's been painting, painted. So now that um, the talks aren't going through again, and Trump is like, yo, we're just going to give people money, like like it's clear that he's trying to do something but because it is Trump people are going to be against it if this were a democrat doing the same thing i do think republicans would be against it but democrats would not so this appears to me another example of people against something just because it's Trump right like, if you're fucking struggling and you need an extra $400 and the federal government gives it to you, what are you going to say? No, I don't want this money. It was fucking given to me <laughs> by bypassing Congress through executive order. No, you're going to fucking take the $400, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I think they should just come to an agreement. I think the Democrats should... Not try to put a bunch of extra shit in the stimulus package like they tried to do before. That really doesn't have that much to do with the actual virus itself. And just get the people the money. And then on top of that, make like another deal with Congress about the post office. And about like make it like an election stimulus or something. You don't need to put everything in one thing, right? And then maybe that way they can meet in the middle. Okay, there needs to be someone there that's like, yo, we need to get this done but but republicans are more worried about winning another election and democrats are too worried about looking cool looking like like they're the good guys so nothing is going to get taken care of ever everybody is stupid on both sides nothing's going to get accomplished you're probably going to die because your government does not care about you um but it's chill it's chill this is drh this is this is the good stuff we're here for this is what we're talking about baby all right all right all right so that's what's going on in rona news i really hope i don't have any more rona shit to talk about it's really exhausting talking about this bullshit you know okie dokie all right what else we got on the docket for today it's friday baby we're just chilling we're just relaxing pataxing cracksing yeah i don't know okie dokie okie dokie okie dokie 
Um. <laughs> I guess we. I guess. Alright. We're gonna jump back. We're gonna jump back into Trump a little bit. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I have another story. It's pretty important. This one's from the LA Times. This came out yesterday. Trump vows to block new postal service funding to undercut voting by mail. Okay. Not a good look. Not a good look for Trump. If this is what he is trying to accomplish, not getting the people the stimulus check because he thinks that he's going to lose the election because of mail-in voting, then that's not true. That's not cool. All right? Um, Let's hop into this. President Trump said Thursday that he would block a funding boost for the U.S. Postal Service to handle an unexpected flood of mail-in ballots coming weeks, admitting... It's part of a White House effort to limit Americans voting by mail and raising the chances of chaos surrounding the election in November. If this is true, this is very bad. The President of the United States limiting limiting people's ability to vote, that is horrible. Horrible. All right, back to the article. Democrats have pushed back to our Democrats have pushed to provide up to 25 Okay, in the last article I said 2 billion. It's really 25 billion. My bad. $25 billion in emergency funding for the cash-strapped postal service, which was under immense strain long before the coronavirus crisis spurred numerous states to exp- expand access to mail-in balloting and to reduce the risk of infection in crowded polling places. Trump claims voting by mail will hurt his re-election chances, arguing that Democrats are more likely to stay home while his supporters vote in person. Two polls this week show he may be right, including a Pew survey showing that 58% of Democrat-leaning voters prefer to cast ballots by mail compared to just 20% of those likely to support Trump. He also charges that mail-in ballots lead to rampant fraud, although there's no evidence that supports that. States use signature databases and other verification measures to assure the authenticity of ballots, but severe bottlenecks in delivering the mail and then in verifying and counting the ballots led to lengthy delays in close elections in several states earlier this year, highlighting the potential danger of political and legal bedlam if reforms aren't put in place before November 3rd. By choking off fresh funding, Trump appeared intent on sabotaging the process and making his warnings a self-fulfilling prophecy. During an interview Thursday on Fox Business Network, Trump said he would reject $3.5 billion in supplemental funding to help uh, local election officials increase staffing for the vote and a broader $25 billion do- uh, whoops excuse me a 25 fuck fucking cold brew uh, okay I'm back guys don't worry and a $25 billion boost for the USPS that Democrats sought in the now stalled negotiations to help Americans in the current recession they want $3.5 billion for mail-in votes, universal mail-in ballots. They want $25 billion, billion for the post office. Now they need that money in order to make the post office work so it can take all these millions and millions of ballots, Trump said, repeating his false claims that mail-in, would be, mail-in voting would be fraudulent. But if they don't get those two items, that means they can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it, Trump said. Much as he has urged businesses and schools to reopen, he has largely ignored the resulting spikes in death and infections. Trump insisted it is safe for voters to line up and cast ballots inside schools, churches, town halls, and other polling places. There's nothing wrong with getting out and voting. They voted during World War I and World War II, said Trump, who votes by mail in in Florida. Um, Why don't we just have the fucking voting outside, dude? Like, it doesn't need to be in a school gym. It doesn't need to be in a school cafeteria. Have that shit at a fucking football stadium or something. Dude. Like, people are going outside. People 
day by day, I believe people are, and it's more apparent in Los Angeles than ever. Day by day, LA is starting to look like it was circa March 2020. It's getting crowded. Rush hour is back, baby. LA's fucking coming back. People don't want to stay in their homes. And I think people would be very inclined to get out and vote. If it's like fucking, I don't know, put that shit at the fucking uh, Coliseum or something, you know? And have people socially distance. Like, it doesn't need to be mail-in voting. It doesn't need to be that difficult. And I'm going to reiterate what I said a couple episodes ago. Why isn't the federal government asking a... um? someone in the the private sector like Apple or Google to make a voting database app thing that's super secure that everyone can do on their phone because everybody has a goddamn phone. It doesn't make sense. And then people hit me like, oh, well, you know, the fucking federal government can't. Why would they work? Like, motherfucker, SpaceX has been working with the government for years. Right? NASA. Okay? Fucking um, Amazon's been working with the CIA for years. Right? They build fucking databases for the CIA. So what is the difference here? And I'm sure Apple or Google will be happy, especially in pandemic time, to build a product that would greatly help the American public, that would greatly like help America in general, right? You know? So I don't know. Voting by mail seems a little a little um archaic to me. Even going out and voting seems archaic to me. Like, everybody should just get a fucking app that works one day on their phone, and they vote, and then boom. Like, I don't know. But apparently that's too hard, or it's too much money, or whatever. Like, I I don't know. Someone, someone, someone. Someone let me know what's going on, please, because I don't fucking know, dude. Like, I don't know. I... I need to check my blood pressure. I realize I've been getting a little um, angry, unnecessarily angry sometimes. So I'm going to, people just annoy me. People are just dumb. I also recognize that I'm not the smartest person in the world either, but I feel like I, I have common sense. I feel like I do have common sense. So I don't know. Let's just move to the future with uh, a little bit of technology. It can save everybody. And yeah. Alright guys, so that's probably it for this trimester. Um, I think I'm going to go another one. I'm feeling good. I have a couple more. I kind of have like one more topic to talk about. Or maybe I'll just keep going on this one. And now we're at 36. We're going to take a break. Alright guys, I'll be right back with more DRH. We'll see you in a moment. I 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to DRH, free-flowing end-up conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. My name is Bon Jin. I am your friend. We're here chilling on this beautiful Friday, 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 Friday morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you're, whenever you're listening to this. It's episode 180. I'm here by myself again, chilling. Call John David Rickers on vacation, doing who knows what, so... Yeah, we're just going to wrap up the episode with a couple more stories, then maybe dive into some dark racial DMs, chill, relax, you know, and then we're going to get the the weekend started right. Okie dokie, okie dokie, okie dokie. So we spent the first two trimesters talking about a lot of coronavirus news, a lot of political stuff. Um, I want to pivot a little bit, and we're going to hop into a little bit of tech news, because this is a pretty big story that's developing. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday, but... It's getting a little bit bigger. So, uh, we talked about how Apple and Google basically have this, what's called an app tax. When you put an app on their app stores um, and someone buys something or there's like a subscription or something, Apple takes 30% revenue, right? So, they did that. They started doing that when the app store launched in, I want to say 2008, uh, because an app store for those you don't know, is very expensive to run, like server space, blah, 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 right? So at that time, it made sense. Now, over a decade later, the App Store is so successful, uh, people are arguing that Apple really doesn't need to take 30%. They could probably take a little less um, or even nothing at all. Um, Yeah, because they're so successful, Apple argues that Right, it costs money to run the App Store, and you know the App Store is the way it is because it's more secure. They can control everything, and it your phone is less likely to get fucked, right? Because developers have to go through a very strict set of rules when developing for the App Store. Like they can't create a store within the App Store. Like you can't make like an Amazon store in the App Store. That's against the rules. Um, you can't. Allow people to make purchases without going through Apple. Um, you can't track people without them knowing. You know, there's just a bunch of rules because Apple's really into privacy and all that. Not quite, not quite the same on Android. But anyway, so um, Spotify, Fortnite, and a couple other companies are notoriously um, known for challenging Apple on this 30% tax. They say it's unfair, it's anti competitive behavior because like it's it's kind of monopolistic which kind of makes sense then you have the articles like i mean you have the argument saying that because apple makes the app store your app is able to exist in the first place so they deserve like a cut of what's going on um some companies like spotify have even resulted to passing the cost onto um the consumer so i don't know if they still do this but for a while if you were to sign up for Spotify Premium on your iPhone or on an iPad, it would be thirteen ninety nine per month instead of ten ninety nine. And Spotify actually encouraged people to go on their website and sign up for Spotify Premium because they didn't want to have to charge an extra three dollars per month, but they felt like they had to because Apple was fucking them. So anyway, Fortnite seems to be the next big player stepping up to them. Fortnite released an update on their game um, a couple days ago for 
uh, iPhone and Android phones. And basically, the update, a big update to the game was it allowed users to make in-app purchases uh, by, and bypass like Apple, Apple's like payment system, right? So you may be asking, how were they able to do that in the first place? How did an Apple catch them? So usually when you make an app and you submit an update to your app, Apple, a person has to review it and make sure that it's within all the rules of Apple's terms of service or whatever, right? So, but for games, um, it's a little bit different. I was reading that because games are so data heavy, you don't have to, you, you submit what's called like a shell of a game right and then the bigger files are pulled from like the serve from like so you submit like a small shell of the game and then the bigger files are from like the big shell of the game right so you only got to really update parts of your game as opposed to the entire app each time now when you go that route apple doesn't actually uh check that you're following the rules because they're usually insignificant app updates right so Fortnite used this as an opportunity to push this update, which didn't um, let users make users have to pay the Apple tax or the Google tax. Apple and Google found out. I think Apple found out and um, removed Fortnite from the App Store, and Google did the same from their app from the Play Store. So now you cannot um, play. Uh, Fortnite on your iPhone. I think you can still play it on Android if you download it from online because on Android you can download apps from online. You can't do it on iPhone. You have to go through the App Store. But yeah, this is like a really big muscle move from Fortnite. Fortnite has hundreds of millions of players on Apple's App Store. So it's really Apple's move now. They could stand strong and be like, all right, well, fuck you. We don't need you. Or they could be like, shit, all right, maybe we need to revisit this. Um, I would not be surprised if Apple went the route of fuck you, we don't need you because I remember there was this thing when Uber, when Uber first started, well, not when they first started, they were pretty big at the time where Uber was doing this really shady thing where the app was tracking people after the app had been deleted and Tim Cook was like, look, we're going to pull your app to Travis Kalanick, CEO of Uber at the time. We're going to pull your app from our app store if you keep doing this shit. So I'm not, I don't think Tim Cook is above. I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he is afraid to keep Fortnite off the app store. Because, you know. Um, But back to the anti-competitive behavior, Tim Cook said that we treat, all app developers the same. Um, everybody has to follow these rules, regardless of how big of a company, whether they're a multi-billion-dollar company or whether they're a teenager coding an app in their garage. Everybody has to follow the same rules. But during the antitrust hearing last week, I think um, uh, it was revealed that Apple gives special treatment to Amazon by only them making them pay a fifteen percent tax. So. Obviously, um, Tim Cook was lying when saying that every app developer is treated equal. So this is a really interesting story. Um, it's currently developing. Uh, we'll probably talk more about it on Monday. Um, 
if you want to play Fortnite on your iPhone or your iPad, you're shit out of luck for now. Um, just enjoy TikTok, I guess, while you still can. But yeah, um, I think Apple's just going to stay strong and they're going to be like, look, if you don't want us, then fine, fuck it. There's plenty of other games to play on the App Store. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, this is a really big muscle move from Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite. I just, I, I can't get into video games. I really can't. You know, I kind of try. I was thinking of getting Stadia. But, you know, the Google video game thing that does all its processing power on a cloud server. But Google's really notorious for killing things, killing products, like, a year after they come out. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want to pay all that money. Just have something be obsolete in a year. So, probably not going to do that. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting a... PS5. I'm so fucking bored, dude. Fucking. Let alone. I can only do so. I can only do so much productive stuff when I'm just like, yo. I need a. I I need to have my brain just rest. You know. I just do something mind numbing, like fucking watching Family Guy or some bullshit. You know. Okie dokie. All right. Um. Why don't we just hop into some dark racial DMs real quick? Finish off the day. Let's see what we got here. Let's do a a love or relationship one. Okay, this one is from Michael from Texas. Michael from Texas is 18 years old. He says, hey guys, love the show. Been listening for a while. Uh, Oh, this one's directed to me. Bon Jin. I love the way how you talk about um, how you deal with relationships. I have an issue. I have been with my girlfriend for two years, and I feel like she does not like me anymore. Everything I do seems to push her away. Um, like when I give her flowers or when I tell her she's beautiful, she just seems to be turned off. Um, what can I do to make her like me again? I love her, and I am afraid she's going to break up with me. But I feel like I am being walked on. Um, love the show. Thanks, Michael. Hello, Michael. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, I'm glad you're a fan. Um, you're not going to like my answer at all, but here is my answer. Uh, leave, leave, or act like you're going to leave. Act like you don't need your girlfriend. You see, what's happening here is that for some reason, I don't know what you were doing. Um, you were obviously doing something to make her feel like, you're not maybe as independent as you thought, as she thought you once were. Maybe you're doing things that are a little too codependent. And from my experience, women really, really like independent men. Women really like men that um, are more focused on something bigger than them. For example, if you have a hobby or something, like, let's say you have a podcast, like me, right? We joke that no man can love a woman with... I'm sorry, no woman can love a man with a podcast. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret, bro. Women love guys with interesting hobbies. Women love guys that are not afraid to say, No, babe, I don't want to go hang out with you right now. I got to do my podcast. I got to 
work on my fucking basketball shot. I got to work on this show that I'm writing. I got to work on this book. I got to exercise. Like, when you're blowing your girl off to do something productive, even though she may be mad at you at the time, in a little while, like, deep down, she's like, okay, this person is putting an effort to better himself. And whether she knows it or not, that'll make her a little bit more attracted to you. Now, when you are all over your girl, smothering her with all the attention and validation that she says she wants, that can become old very quickly for both of you, right? She can become annoyed. She can be like, man, doesn't this guy like have anything better to do than to worship me? Right? It's just not, it's just not very high value. You see... I'm going to say this again. Women love guys that are high value. Women love guys that have unlimited potential. You don't have to be the richest guy. You don't have to be the most attractive guy. You don't even have to be the smartest guy. But if you're doing something to make yourself a little bit better every day, then that's where the attraction comes in. And this isn't just for men. This is for women too, right? A lot of guys are into women that are grinding, that can take care of themselves, that are independent, for me personally, I love a woman that is entrepreneurial because, like, even if, I don't know, like, she's selling bracelets on Instagram or something, that is a hobby that has unlimited potential, right? So if we're dating and you're selling bracelets on Instagram and you're making $13 a month from selling your bracelets on Instagram, to me, I'm thinking, okay, She's not making a lot, but she's trying, and her passion, her hobby, her goal has unlimited potential. I don't know what she's going to be making in a year. I don't know what she's going to be making in 10 years, right? She could still be selling braces. She could not be. She could be a fucking billionaire. I don't know. But the fact that she has that quality of unlimited potential makes her attractive to me, right? Now, on the flip side, if she's a school teacher and she's making $14 an hour, she's probably going to be making $14 an hour 10 years down the road. That's not very attractive to me she has to be bringing value to me in some other kind of way right and the same goes for the same goes for men especially why do you think women are so attractive attracted to guys that aren't necessarily rich but they have a startup that they're working on or i don't know there's some fucking they're in a band that has potential right women want to be there for a lot of women want to be there for your rise they want to be there for the ride right but if you're stagnant if you're not doing shit but trying to please her that's super unattractive not only that spending too much time with her because she's gonna be like why is she why is, why is this guy spending so much time with me when he should be focused on himself right right i feel like women want to look up to their partner okay Right, so I'll get more into this later. It kind of could be a hot topic, but yeah, like if your girlfriend's doing more than you in terms of grinding, in terms of being productive, and you're not doing shit but kissing her ass, she's gonna walk on you. Sorry, bro. So, my advice to you is fucking get on your grind, get on your purpose, don't even think about her, start a project. I promise you. Don't even talk to her, dude. Don't talk to her for a couple days. Just fucking work on some shit. And then when she's like, yo, why haven't you been talking to me? Just be like, oh, I've been working on this. 
Sorry, I've been super busy. And then see what happens. Trust. All right. That's enough dark racial DMs for today. I'm going to end the show because I kind of want to stop talking. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. My name is Bon Jin. We'll be back here on Monday, hopefully, with uh, my co-host. And, yeah, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Um, follow us on Instagram at Dark Racial Humor. Follow us on YouTube, Dark Racial Humor. And we're also on everywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts as well. That really, really, really helps. All right, everybody, thank you so much. And have a great weekend. I'm Bon Jin. I'll catch you later. Peace. Thank you.